Hello, all. Uh, John George here, one of your beautiful big boys. Just wanted to uh, give a little bit of an audio warning here because we had uh, some technical hiccups. It happens every once in a while. Um, unfortunately, we lost some recording of our beautiful guest, Mark. So I had to pull from my Twitch VOD. Luckily, his audio was still there because he had a lot of uh, great input. Thank you, Mark, for being on the episode. Uh, enjoy the listen, everybody. Welcome to Big Boy Movies, a podcast about movies and the big boys who watch them. I'm one of your big boys, Matt Beebe. I'm another one of your big boys, John George. And I'm pretty big. I'm Mark Witterman. <laughs> oh my God, it's Mark. Mark has escaped the chat. He <laughs> crawled out from the filthy, from the chat sewers and has joined us in physical form on our podcast. I'm, in, I'm so Long impressed. Long time caller, first time listener. <laughs> uh close <laughs> um but yeah guys i'm really excited for this episode mark's on we've been friends since like elementary school which is crazy um and i'm, I'm we brought him on because we're going to be talking about a real exciting movie today um you know uh i'm it's I'm, i don't want to say too much but it is a christopher nolan movie that's oh, that's got some tenet? hype behind tenet? it tenet not not Tenet necessarily. Are you talking about my favorite movie of all time, The Dark Knight? Well, we're getting. It does have to do with with Batman because he's relevant now, right? There's a bunch of fandom. It's not quite Dark Knight. There's a bunch of fandom stuff like um, the new Bat. Are we going to talk about the new Batman? Yeah, we're talking about the Batman. Uh, well, not necessarily. We're we're close, guys. We're so close. Maybe we're talking about the Dark Knight Rises. Did you did you get it? That yeah. Uh, uh, Dark Knight. Okay, Dark, Dark Knight, Knight Rises. Rises. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna talk about the Dark Knight yeah. Rises. That one's. Yeah, That's I guess we could do a movie that did. Yeah. I, I guess I could talk about it for a bit. Yeah. Not as exciting. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I thought. I just thought maybe we'd all be excited because of all because because Christopher Nolan and Batman. You know, like this would be yeah. a cool, fun episode for us to do together. Let's just. Yeah, let's just get into it. I don't, yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Um, well, I mean, we usually talk about stuff that that we've watched. Um, <laughs> okay, good. Thank God we can start with this every every week. So I guess we can start there before we <laughs> yeah, before we do, do it. That. Uh, John, did you watch anything? Uh, good question. And the answer to that is no. <laughs> Okay, okay, cool. Because wild. Yeah. Me, me neither. Uh, Mark, have you, have you watched anything? It doesn't even have to be this last week. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, you know, I don't know if you guys know what's currently going on in the world. Um. But no. there's this thing called a pandemic, mm. and so I haven't left the house in about six months. Um. So the only thing I've doing been doing exclusively is ingesting media. Um, mm, through your mouth. I've been taking this out of the box and just slamming them into my face. Oh, you've been doing that too, huh? They're delicious. Yeah. Serving it into my body, my body realm, my my temple, my body temple. Yeah, filling it with with those Blu-ray discs. Blu-ray. Yes. <laughs> they they taste they taste interesting. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> All right, now, I actually want some clarification, if you could, real quick. Do, do the Blu-rays taste like blue raspberry? Um, well, considering that blue raspberry isn't real, and it's a fake flavor that 
the media has sold to you. Um, and it's actually just raspberry that they colored blue to make it more distinctive from cherry. Mm-hmm. And it's actually mostly pear flavor. Um, no. <laughs> I'm going to take that as a yes, though. All right, so what have you been watching? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been I've been watching so much. Um, well, just this week I watched all of Breaking Bad. Oh my, oh my god. god! In one week, <laughs> holy shit! In one week, I started. I think like Saturday or maybe Monday, and have just been binging it all the way through. And I finished it last night at one a.m. At which point I started watching The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> <laughs> finished The Dark Knight Rises this morning. When I woke up, I had an hour left. Oh, nice. Sorry, uh, I I finished The Dark Knight Rises like uh, 15 minutes before we started this call. So <laughs> I yeah. was pretty close as well. I thought I was going to have to because I was given more work at like the last second today. Um, oh, geez. And then I, I thought I was going to have to, but I luckily finished that work quick enough to where I could finish The Dark Knight and the Dark Knight That's Rises. That's a long ass movie. And I, I know it's so long. I'm going to talk about that more, but. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but Breaking Bad. <laughs> so good. <laughs> it's one of my favorite television shows of all time. And, like, watching it again, was it was just fun, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, what a roller coaster. Yeah. Is this your second time through? This is my second time through. Nice. Um, I started Better Than oh, Last wow. All, like, in college, but never finished it. So I'm prob- that's probably the next thing I'm going to ro- watch. And I don't watch the movie El, El Camino or whatever Oh, oh! You never watched it? We talked about the movie on this podcast. Once. Yeah, we reviewed it. Well, good thing I didn't listen to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have time now. You can go back. Yeah, um, yeah I actually do quickly want to mention uh, because there was something I did this week. Is I mentioned on last week's episode when we uh, reviewed Scott Pilgrim versus the World that I was I ordered all the books and that I was going to bring them in and read them. Oh yeah, uh, and that's part of the reason we have Mark on here because we are we're paying our our dues for not having him on the uh, Scott Pilgrim episode. Um, I'll reiterate in this episode also. Uh, Mark loves Scott Pilgrim. He was Scott Pilgrim for several Halloweens, I think, um, and a very accurate costume. Yes. <laughs> um. But anyway, I, I started reading the the books again. I hadn't read them since like Mark lent them to me in high school or whatever. Uh, and I'll I'll tell you what was most surprising. I've read the first two so far, uh, so I'm about a quarter of the way through. And I think what was most shocking is that the books, the the first book specifically, is line for line, beat for beat, the movie, like oh, wow. almost a hundred percent every joke. Yeah, it, no, even the shots, like Edgar Wright literally like looked at the comic and was like, okay, this is the frame in the comic book, so this is the frame in the movie. Um, so like shot composition, everything, uh, first book is just the movie. It's wild, uh, and it's really a testament to how well written that book is. Yeah. Uh, it, it stands up so well. There are a couple differences that I have grievances with, but we don't have to talk about that now. <laughs> One difference I noticed it, that's and this is like how minor these changes are is you know the scene where scott wakes up after he sees ramona in his dream and then wallace pops up in the bed and then other scott pops up um in the movie that's just like a really great comedy moment in the book instead of that conversation ha- conversation happening in bed it happens at like a sushi restaurant it's the same conversation it's just like a slightly different place mm. um so it's it's really it's it's crazy that 
everything just lines up so perfectly and that the book is so well constructed that they just could turn it into a movie no problem um yeah, that's really cool. and the second book even has that too well one thing that's different from the first book that that really grinds my gears but it has a lot to do with scott's characterization and his characterization changes from the first book to all the mm. others because he was a much different character in the first book but um when after he makes out with, with ramona for the first time uh <laughs> in the books um he's like we should go to bed and ramona's like what about the tea and he goes what about it <laughs> but in the movie he goes we can not have tea <laughs> which is way yeah. more michael that's way more michael Sarah to me way yeah. more michael Sarah. but and that's like, the thing it, it, yeah with the uh, direction it's like edgar wright clearly he got michael Sarah, and he's like okay you have these lines and again the lines are exactly the same so that's sort of a testament to edgar wright's direction of the character being like you can take these jokes and make them work with a character that's pretty different than the book, um, which I think is really interesting in the way, and, and it works for sure. Um, second book obviously deviates more, but it still has that same thing where there are scenes in there that are literally the same. Uh, the Lucas Lee fight is almost completely different. He he defeats him in the same way, but Lucas Lee is way more chill in the book. Like there's a scene where they just sit down and talk to each other for a f- few minutes and like don't fight. Interesting. So I eat baby yeah. Yeah, yeah, they do eat baby carrots. Scott, Scott is way more confident at the beginning of of the first book than he is in any of the other books. And to make that more consistent in the movie, they just have him be consistent. It's just, yeah, it, it was a welcome change because like he was really grating if he would if he could have stayed that confident throughout the whole series. It would have been really a dull a dull story i think but yeah, um i, I yeah, think those, the, those books are definitely a product of their time mm. and they change as as i could talk about this for hours yeah like they, they change as the books go on they become more modern and more self-aware and it, yeah that's one of the reasons why i really love it yeah, the it's also funny because the book came the first one came out in like 2004 so the scene where scott like orders stuff on the internet and uh, he, like, doesn't understand what email is. Like, that's because it's 2004 and all this stuff is still, like, generally kind of new. Um, it also makes more sense, like, when he's like, what's the website for Amazon CA? In the book, he's like, that's that online bookstore, right? And you think, like, oh, right. That's what Amazon was in 2004. Yeah. It was an online bookstore. Like, it wasn't this huge corporation. Wow. Um so, yeah, it's just funny to look back on, on 2004 literature and be like, huh, so that's where we were. <laughs> Later in the books, they joke about, like, um, yeah, it's like 2009. And Scott's like, wait, it was 2004, like a year ago. <laughs> yeah, or they'll do stuff where, where Kim will be like, Scott, what were you doing? And he's like, just read the books, Kim, and you'll understand. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, please, so. Kim, read the books. Yeah. There are also um, many in-between books um, that I think got released on uh, Brian Lee O'Malley's website. That Mm. some of them are important, but mostly not. Um, There, there is a tease for. um, There's actually a lot in one specific mid comic um, uh, got ripped directly for the movie. 
Um, there's also a character from mid comics that got put in the movie as Lucas Lee's, um, uh, <laughs> like, uh, what's the co-star? There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. Hmm. Lucas Lee's co-star is ripped right out of that mid comic, and Scott actually fights a bunch of clones of her, and that's where um, Ramona grabbing his arms and his legs um, and punching a girl comes from is from that mid comic. Oh, that's funny. Interesting. Yeah, it's oh my god, I could I could gush about Scott Pilgrim for hours. Yeah, but well, that's it's not what this podcast. That's is too about. fucking bad, Mark. Because you know what I heard. <laughs> What did you hear? I heard there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord. And it also pleased a bunch of assholes on the internet. <laughs> You're not an asshole if you like the Snyder Cut. I want to make that clear. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> um, but we, we have to. We have to, we John, have right? To, John. We, we have, have to. to. We, we, have to. Have to we actually got into a bit of a fight about this on, on Twitter. <laughs> also, we, got, we had a we discussion had, on Twitter. We did have one angry angry Snyder fanboy reply to one of our tweets, so we have made it. Yeah. yeah. No one wow. no one follows yeah. No one follows the Big Boy Movies Twitter, although you should at Big Boy Movies. Um, but this guy dug up my my uh, snarky tweet about the Snyder Cut being in a square aspect ratio and gave me a little lesson. So just so everyone out here knows, Zack Snyder shot the Justice League film in IMAX. And if you don't know, IMAX uses a very large square frame uh, on its film. It's a very large film. And uh, when Joss Whedon redid the movie, they uh, crunched it down into a regular cinematic aspect ratio. But Zack Snyder says, nah, fam. I'm going to give you what you want. And what you want is the whole ass frame. This is something they don't even really do on a lot of IMAX releases. Um, this is, it's, I believe it's like one, four, three by one. It's, it's almost square. And so what they're, what they're not doing is they're not chopping off the sides of the frame. They're adding more to the top and bottom where you would have black bars. You're now getting um, a frame added to the top and bottom. Um, so what I want to make perfectly clear right now is, yes, you are technically getting more frame. But here's the problem is IMAX is meant to be viewed on an IMAX screen and not on my 16 by 9 television. Um, any screen that is not an IMAX screen that is displaying IMAX film, it's just going to look square. It's not going to have any more pixels. It's not going to gain any resolution. If you watch it on your TV, it's square. It's going to look smaller, no matter what you... That's the nature of how we're going to watch this. It's coming out on HBO Max. There's a chance they might release it in IMAX if it gets enough hype. Um, but the reality is 99% of the people are going to be watching on one of those back there. Uh, and they're going to not be able... They're going to have to sit closer to their TV. I legit... Um, I, I am so... Weird enough by this, as ever, as you two know, because I complained about it right before this podcast. I tried to watch the Justice League trailer, which I usually don't watch trailers. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll watch this. I really don't care about this movie that much. It already came out, basically. Um, and I watched it on my phone, just pulled out my phone. And on the YouTube app, you legit just cannot go fucking full screen on this trailer. <laughs> and I was so mad. Like, I kept pressing the full screen. I was like, I just, like, I know it's square, but I just want to turn my phone sideways. I don't want to, like, see all this other crap. 
I don't want to see like the like ratio or whatever. Like, I just want to see just the trailer, please. But it will not let me do it. I quit halfway through. I was like, I, <laughs> I don't like this. I'm pissed. I, I watched YouTube on my TV, so I don't. I didn't have that. Yeah, I re- yeah. highly recommend well, if you're you. going to watch the trailer, watch it on your computer, TV, anywhere but your phone, because they won't let you go full screen. Yeah. I'll tell you what happened with my experience with this, which was I wasn't like actively watching DC Fandom that day. I was like tuning in and out, and I heard like, oh, they finally released the the Snyder Cut trailer. And so I went onto YouTube and I searched like Snyder Cut Justice League or whatever. Um, and I saw uh, this. The first thing that came up was IGN, and I clicked on it, and then it was Square, and it it wasn't like super high res. I don't know if it's just because YouTube was loading it in or whatever. And then Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah starts playing. And I was like, okay, this is obviously like some kind of fan edit or some kind of like Instagram ad they leaked and they put Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah over it to like hide the copyright so it doesn't get taken down or something. Like there's no way that this is the trailer. And I clicked off. I was like, it must be some fake IGN YouTube account or something. Like someone made a YouTube account. It was like lowercase LGN to like trick me. (laughs) Um, And so I was like, Haha, ha, very funny. And so I went to the official Warner Brothers YouTube channel and I was like, okay, this has got to be it. And then the same thing started playing <laughs> and my brain just broke a little bit. And I was like, there's no way. And it kept playing and the song was playing over the whole thing. It's and I was like, this trailer. is a fucking like, this is like an AMV. Like, what the fuck am I watching? Um, I just couldn't believe. John, weeks weeks we had been predicting for the Snyder Cut and yet nothing we could have done could have predicted this. Why did we not like our we could have ridiculously predicted it was going to be square. We could have ridiculously predicted that we would have hallelujah in the trailer. (laughs) But like and not it's like layers upon layers like hallelujah is the song that plays during the sex scene in Watchmen. Is this Zack Snyder being like, this is sex, nerds. (laughs) This is what sex is. Hallelujah, bitch. That did remind me of Watchmen. I was like, this this looks just like fucking Watchmen to me. Like, this is just Watchmen. It's the same song from the sex scene in Watchmen. (laughs) He really likes that song. He's like... Fuck! I gotta uh, just keep putting. Apparently, this. keep putting this in everything I have. He must love. Um, I feel like that song's in Shrek at some point too. It <laughs> I is. think it, it is. is. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's in the first Shrek. Yeah, yeah. he must yeah. love yeah. Shrek. Part of oh yeah, that part. <laughs> Zack sad. Snyder loves Shrek. <laughs> great monorail says everyone thinks of the watchman sex um, scene I, I imagine that's what everyone thinks of when they watch this justice league trailer yeah and uh yeah new rock stars who i'm not the biggest fan of but i watched all of their videos they 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 pointed that out too and i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> the sex scene from Watchmen. yeah um, but no i i i had a very different experience uh with this trailer um i too saw the ign version first which was lower quality i will say mm-hmm. than the than the warner brothers one for some bugod reason yeah. um but i i was like yeah. this, okay this is weird first of all i didn't notice the square thing at all i didn't notice it because i was watching it on my tv and it, i watch imax <laughs> movies on my tv all the time because i'm a pleb or something i don't know <laughs> and um <laughs> and I, I i didn't notice it was square and i was like <laughs> Wow, that's that's dark side. Holy shit, that's awesome. Um, and then I watched the whole trailer and I was like, 
that's really cool. I was genuinely excited about it because not a single thing in this trailer was in the original movie. Not a single thing. It's that's all true. new footage. Um, some of it is footage that was in previous trailers, but wasn't in the the, the release like of football, the movie. The football stuff. Yeah, football's in there. I could still be right. And I'm 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 praying. I'm hoping to God that the scene with Cyborg uh, pushing the cop car away from the cop before it hits him and landing and going, "You should probably move." Is in this movie because it's the greatest part of the first Justice League, <laughs> and it's not in the movie. <laughs> oh, I only wonder why. <laughs> I I'm so looking forward to this because it could be anything. It, it's gonna be a completely <laughs> different movie than anything we've ever seen. First of all, it's four hours long. <laughs> Martin Scorsese is is Mark, upset. He's like, God, you have no idea how much that hurts us. Scorsese is just like, oh my god, how did this Zack Snyder beat the time I had yeah. for the Irishman? How did Marty Marty's in his booth right now, like furiously writing a, a sequel to Irishman that's five hours long, <laughs> just to like get back at he him. He doesn't even need a sequel. He could just make make a extended cut or whatever. Oh, oh hold on, hold on. Irishman, the Scorsese cut. <laughs> he reveals. That actually was not my cut. <laughs> that wasn't my cut. That was another director came in, he cut it, and we just didn't want that to. That guy, it. that wasn't me. It needs to be shorter. Joss Whedon came in and he did it. I don't know what he was doing. Joss Whedon kicked in the doors of the edit bay and he cut the whole thing down and added all these jokes. We need the Scorsese cut of the Irishman. It's five hours long. We get two additional years of, of Robert De Niro's life in there with even more CG face. This is it. This is what you've been waiting for. This is what Netflix needed to compete with the Snyder Cut. They needed the Scorsese Cut. I'm mean, so excited. Yes. Oh, God. I'm so hype. Oh, my God. How exciting. Yeah. Everyone go on Twitter. Um, tweet at. Uh, I guess Netflix at Netflix release. hashtag release the Scorsese cut five hour Scorsese cut yeah don't give them any context just demand it um, and don't stop demanding until we get it because apparently that works if this is anything to go by it's that harassing the, the corporation works <laughs> yes let's do it harass us we're, we're a corporation in my opinion Harass us to release something. Yeah, tweet at know, Big Boy least, Movies, release the Scorsese cut. We'll talk to Marty. We'll, we'll get him into it. <laughs> Isn't he your producer? Yeah, we know Marty. We can get Marty yeah. to release a longer cut. Yeah, he was really burned by Joss Whedon's whole thing. So, But we're, we'll, get him, we'll get him back on his feet. He'll, he'll be ready for it. I think we should probably start talking about the exciting movie that everyone loves, directed by Christopher Nolan. Uh... <laughs> It's it's the notes. the Dark Knight <clears throat> rises. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about it. I mean, that's the first thing to talk about. I feel like the title's barely different than the last one, and I feel yeah. like it's for. <laughs> listen, listen. Marketing dictates that if the movie's very good, you just attach an extra word onto it. Yeah. We did it with Independence Day. That sucked. The Godfather. We did it two. with. <laughs> yeah. Jurassic Park just changed the whole name of the movie, so that wasn't quite a thing. Um, 
But you know what? Yeah. Well, what clearly happened is they called the second movie The Dark Knight, and they were like, ooh, that's edgy. That's mysterious. Who's Batman? I'm watching The Dark Knight. <laughs> and that's so now now they're like, all right, everyone likes Dark Knight. No, don't. Bat, it's not Batman. Just Batman do it rises. again. But don't. We can, here's, here's the real thing it is. It's because The Dark Knight was technically Batman Begins 2. Um and they couldn't call this one Dark Knight 2. That wouldn't make any sense because it's the third movie. Um, so, yeah, they, they had to just come up with something that was not... They couldn't call it, like, Batman 3 because then what is that? Batman 3. <laughs> they could have called it the um, Cape... Never mind. <laughs> I mean... The, the Cape Crusader. <laughs> when I went into this movie, I was like, yeah, it's kind of... I mean, I... I <laughs> I made that joke to myself, like, why did they like change this title up more? But I guess it kind of, it it fits a theme of the movie, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's also the connection of like it sounds so much like Dark Knight Returns, which is like one of the most famous Batman graphic novels. I think that gets people a little more excited. It's also based partially on the Dark Knight Returns, very very lightly. Um, but yeah, it's uh. I don't know. I don't have that much of a problem with the name. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah, I just thought it'd be funny to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The the first thing I have here is way too long. You're right. (laughs) This movie is two two hours and 40 minutes. (laughs) Hey, Mark, I got good news for you is that you're correct. You get two big boy points for being right on a... On, on this, this episode. episode. It's so long. Like, I don't know how I... I don't know. I, this might be, like, the third time I've watched this movie or something. But, my God. I, the first two times or whatever, I didn't care, apparently. But, yeah. It's yeah. Fucking, it's fucking long. Like, I think... I was bored this time at points. I was like, how? why did I not care about how long and how pointless some of these scenes are? And I don't really care about some of this stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I've I've watched this movie because I've watched this whole trilogy probably more times than I can count. Oh, here, let me do my thing now. I got my Blu-ray box set right here. Ooh. Um, yeah, th- I got this like right after Dark Knight, the trilogy like ended. Um, and so I've watched these movies countless, countless times. And uh, I think this is the first time I've ever watched it out of obligation, which sort of <laughs> makes it feel a little bit longer. Um Cause usually it was just like, it's like my Lord of the Rings, right? I would just do like a rewatch every year, every other year, just cause yeah. I love the movies. Um, but yeah, watch like, I, I like really night, like, at least once, once every few months. Cause it's, yeah. Yeah. it's my favorite movie. It's so good though. Dark Knight's so good. Yeah. And that one's even shorter. It's not that much shorter, but it's, it's shorter, it's shorter, but it's also, it just uses its time way, way better than this movie is what yeah. I realized. It's such a well-crafted film, and it's that's one of the reasons why it's my favorite movie. Like, it's not my favorite comic book movie. Yeah, yeah. It's not my favorite Batman movie. It's my favorite yeah, movie. Exactly. It's my favorite film. They just, mm-hmm. it's, and it's just so good. It's so good. It has two of my favorite Batman villains in it. It's like, how can it not? Yeah. No, Dark Knight cracked the code, or rather Christopher Nolan cracked the code of, like, you can just make a good movie based on a comic book, and then, like, it doesn't, the rest doesn't really matter. Because, like, Marvel and, like, these new DC movies are so, like, 
determined to make comic book movies that sell and and can be in Fortnite before they like really work on like making a really really great movie. And obviously, I'm not saying that no they they set out to make bad movies or lesser movies. I don't think that's the case, especially for the directors. Like obviously, every director wants to make the best movie they can, but uh you know, Warner Brothers giving Christopher Nolan the permi- permission to be like, "Hey, just go for like what's what's going to be batman for you just do it and he's like all right i'm gonna make a grounded like artsier uh sort of batman movie and it just works uh and i think that's why everyone like points to the dark knight is like that's the comic book movie that's also the good movie (laughs) it's also the movie that's actually good there um yeah and and then and then we have this movie to follow it which is why it's so contested i think it's yeah. Yeah. it has to follow the dark night it's like how do you follow the yeah, dark yeah, night yeah. i don't know absolutely especially after heath ledger died and everything oh, yeah. it's it's almost impossible yeah and at the time i i was one of those people that was like that i i legitimately really like dark knight rises i think i had like four and a half on letterbox for a while but it was a movie like over the years as people explained their grievances with it, as people like said to me, like, this is what's wrong with it. This was, I, I didn't really have an argument back. And uh, over the years, it just like piled on top of me, uh, just being like, yeah, that I don't want to rewatch that movie because I'm worried this time around, like, is going to be the one where I'm like, I agree with everything everyone's saying. And I'm, it's unfortunate. I, I have to report, I did not enjoy this movie this time around. I just didn't have. I didn't like it as much. <laughs> yeah. It sucks. Yeah. If I'm going to give a general impression, I would say I, I still liked it. I think there are parts of the movie that I, I like a lot. Um, but I definitely like saw uh, all of my issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and again, it's because I think partially because I was watching this under obligation and being like, oh, I have to like use my critic brain for this. Yeah. I think uh, I was like, OK, this is. This is like clearly not as tight or anything like yeah, that. Uh, Cam the Third says the Joseph Gordon-Levitt Robin thing is comical. That was one of the things when I saw the movie in theaters with my dad. I remember being like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, That's really what they're doing with that? Like, oh, your real name? I, you should use your real name. Robin. Robin. Real name. Robin. <laughs> yeah. It's like if Bruce Wayne goes up at the end you know, and there he's like, I am Bruce Wayne. And you're like, oh, I don't have anything. And you're like, try my legal name. And you're like, oh, I like your legal name, Batman. <laughs> like, 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 that's what that was to me. So the weirdest thing about that scene, too, the weirdest thing is that that's, that's Donald Blake going to Bruce Wayne's will reading to pick up his, his part of the will. And, yeah. and, yeah. and the lady goes, I don't see your name here. Like, <laughs> like, wait, so, like, so Batman, <laughs> Batman used, he, he looked up his real name and it was, and it was Rob, like, Robin. oh, I'll put him down as Robin because that's, yeah. that's yeah. what he'll come in asking for. I think, I think the deal is that he goes by John Blake, but Robin, like John is his middle name and Robin is like his real first name. So Bruce Wayne went out of his way to like go- figure this dude out. <laughs> it was like, I know he goes by John Blake, but, but I'm going, I, and like, he's not even going to include the middle name too. Cause she didn't have anything for John Blake. Yeah. So he was straight up like, fuck this guy. I'm going to embarrass him at my will reading oh my <laughs> and God. have him use the name. He doesn't like so weird. Uh-huh. 
Um, isn't, it, isn't it Donald Blake? I think it was John. It's John. It John. Um, Don Blake? What? I have Donald Blake written here three times. <laughs> That's weird. Oh, Don you were Blake. probably thinking of my dad, Mark. <laughs> That's your dad's name, Donald Blake? <laughs> yeah, my dad's name is Donald. Well, not Blake, but... <laughs> Donald yeah. Beebe. That's pretty close. Alex Alex says that my his best argument for this movie is that Heinz Ward is in it, which is kind of chill. Which I agree with. I saw Heinz I saw Heinz Ward there and I was like, that's a real football player. And now he's playing a football player in a movie. So that's pretty cool. That's that's awesome. That's <laughs> acting right there. <laughs> he acted so well. What do you I think Christopher like, Nolan wow, told him he to do? He really does look like a football player. I, I imagine they're on set and Chris Nolan's like, All right, so um uh, your football, American football, right? Uh, just so we're clear. Um, I want you to take the ball and, and run with it really fast. And he's like, so like what I, what I usually do? Yes, yes, exactly. Action. <laughs> really, really. So brilliant. Brilliant directing, brilliant acting. I love it. Cut, print, one take, perfect. I like to imagine Christopher Nolan sounds like a British aristocrat. <laughs> one take, Perfect. <laughs> Wonderful. All right, I'm down to just like go off Mark's notes. Honestly, like that sounds like a fun podcast. Yeah, that seems like the right structure for this movie. Oh, real quick, if I may, um, uh, if you haven't seen this movie, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> I would still recommend watching it. <laughs> but yeah, general impressions. I think I think it's generally good, especially if you watch the other two. Like, why wouldn't you watch yeah. this one? Yeah, um, I, otherwise. I like the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I want to make that clear. I still like it, even though I like we've, it less. To make it clear for myself, we've so. been in Spoiler Town, but from now on, we're going hard on Spoiler Town. So, yeah, eh. So the the first thing I have here is Anne Hathaway. Good question mark. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I like this note. <laughs> it's a good note. But but Anne Hathaway was was a surprise cast. I think for a lot of people, absolutely, um, yeah. Selena Kyle in this movie, um, I definitely wasn't expecting it, um, and I was definitely shocked by it and presently surprised. Yeah, I, she. I was surprised. Yeah, she's, I mean, she's great in it, and now I like. Now I look back and I'm like, yeah, obviously Anne Hathaway's the choice. Who else would you go with? You know. <laughs> well, we're about to see another Catwoman. We are. Uh, um, coming up soon. Who, who is it again? I uh, uh, isn't it Zoe Kravitz who's the new Catwoman? I could be wrong oh, yeah, about yeah. that. I think it's it Zoe something. Be. Yeah, I think it's Zoe Kravitz. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think Anne Hathaway, you generally think more as like a romantic comedy type person or like sometimes high drama in the right role. Um, but she, yeah, she doesn't like scream Catwoman, but I think she does a generally like good job. Uh, especially with what she has to work with. I actually really enjoyed the scene this time around where Bruce Wayne appears for the first time and he goes to the ball and they're having this conversation, this really tense conversation while they're dancing at the ball. I think she plays that really, really well. It's very like characteristically Catwoman. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so, yeah, I, I really enjoy that. Uh, and I, I yeah, her, she's a great actor. So uh, ultimately that's all that really matters when you're coming into a role. And yeah, I, I enjoy Even it. Even like the opening, the, her first scene is very great too. Um, mm-hmm. And how like like I like how when uh, Bruce like find like admits that he knows that she stole the pearls, like she just immediately changes character. Like it's just night yeah. And day there. Her character is very transformative, which is is cool to watch. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I also uh, on top of that when. Um, 
uh, she gets raided by the police um, during her meetup. She like she freaks out and she starts screaming and she falls oh, yeah, to the yeah, floor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah she's, she's just like, begging like, for help. <laughs> yep. Well, then she she's like chill, and then she goes outside, and there's another police officer, and she's immediately back yeah. to like, oh my god, please help me. <laughs> she's just like that's built into her. It's really it's really fun. Yeah. Um, it's like that's so like that's what Catwoman does. She's like, mm-hmm. people are going to underestimate me. I'm going to use that to my advantage, and you see that multiple times through the film, um, and it's it's really great. <laughs> Yes, with Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, I think they play the angle really well of her being, like, not strictly evil. She's just trying to get by. Um, obviously, like, stealing jewels is a little bit more than getting by. But you you understand, like, she's found her way. Um, there's a good... In Batman Year One, which is a great comic, they set her up as sort of... She lives in, like, the slums of Gotham. And uh, she she does her thing. She's sort of a Robin Hood figure. Um, but I always felt like that was sort of the interpretation they were going with where I'm losing the thought a little bit, but we're going to get there um, where Catwoman is ambiguous as opposed to a lot of, oh, dog, a lot of Batman characters that are very um, obviously evil where we get, yeah, Mark, you can, uh, there you go. Uh, yeah, the, the characters that are very obviously evil, like Bane, which we'll get to, who I think is actually like way too cartoonish for this movie. Um, but yeah, that's I, I think this interpretation of Catwoman works very well for what they're doing. And her redemption arc, I like too. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, overall, I think she's a good character. I like how we never know uh, what side she's on. And then she comes back in the end and helps, helps saves, yeah. saves Batman's life. Which you can't dislike yeah. a character that saves the Batman, you know? Yeah, you save the Batman. <laughs> I'm I'm all in. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. So now in in the movie The Batman, it's Batman's gonna get saved by like a shadowy figure, and he's gonna come out of the shadows, and it's gonna be Hitler, and we're all gonna be like, <laughs> oh, uh, oh wait, Big huh? movies gets canceled <laughs> immediately. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna play that clip of John on loop, <laughs> being like, if you save Batman, you're cool with me. <laughs> God. <laughs> that's gonna suck they're gonna i know the director's definitely (laughs) planning to do that now so that sucks yeah matt reeves is taking notes he's listening he's listening to our podcast he's like "Uh uh-oh gonna screw these people over catwoman doesn't know that batman is bruce wayne or does she she does not or she does no she does eventually definitely eventually definitely does yeah you could tell like the moment she finds out was when bane says it so so well when bane says it but like all throughout that like she's talking to bruce wayne and he's like oh um my friend said he ran into you the other day (laughs) and then she's meeting up with bruce wayne and is like your friend was talking about you or something. <laughs> and, and it's like, we have this mutual friend and it's like, it's Batman. And it's like, what? Like, just put it together. Like he, he has the same chin. The same. He has the same chin. <laughs> yeah. Christian Bale's mouth in all these movies is so pronounced. You can't miss it. Absolutely. You Absolutely. can't miss it. And then everyone else just knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Um, I have a note here that um, um, Blake just knows yeah. <laughs> that yeah. Bruce Wayne is Batman because 
quote, they're both orphans. <laughs> That's straight up the reasoning. <laughs> He's just like, I've seen the look on that face before. Yeah. That's the little face that wants to be bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, that proves to me that you're Batman, and Batman's like, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I wish. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine that scene? <laughs> but Bruce was like hard denying, just like I don't know what the fuck yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> Instead of like he just yeah. he, what he just no pretty much gives in right away. Like if it just goes all out yeah. on Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, Levitt's character. just like I'm yeah, the fuck. Well, because even in that scene, that scene starts with Alfred answering the door, and he's like. Well, maybe I should look into getting a warrant for Harvey Dent's murder. And Alfred could have been like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And like, close the door. <laughs> that Alfred's like, that was probably the giveaway. That was probably the tell. <laughs> Just come right in and talk to Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah like, who the fuck is gonna sign that warrant? <laughs> I do. I do like how much power Joseph Gordon-Levitt had, even though he was a new character in this movie. He's just riding around. Yeah, I love how every character, every time, every time he opens his mouth, another character is like, "Who the hell's this hothead?" Yeah, like he said something <laughs> like, really like out of left field when he's really just doing his job. <laughs> Yeah, he's just making suggestions, and everyone's like, "Calm down, get this hothead out of here." <laughs> They're just like, "Oh, but the commissioner's down there. We gotta save You want to go back down into the sewer? <laughs> Who's this hothead? <laughs> just for normal suggestions. Like, hey, the commissioner went down there. Should we go get him? Who's this hothead? What's he doing? <laughs> I don't want to gloss over the fact that Commissioner Gordon was like half comatose and said, send all of the police officers in the city down into the sewers right now. And they were like, yeah, right. <laughs> we, can, we can send all of them. I was watching that scene again and I was like, you know, this kind of does make sense. Like if you have a terrorist group, like just hanging out in your sewers, like you'd want to send like the most people you could. Yeah, probably true. But, like, the whole police department <laughs> in the whole city and, like, not calling, I don't know, the military or something and also getting the order. The only police they have, BB. It's the one police. It's true, yeah. It's the one police force in all of Gotham. That's That's... That's a line said at the end of this movie is like, we're the only police this city has. Oh, that's right. Okay, I will admit, like, I was, the, the part, I think the part of the movie that bored me most was, like, the beginning parts. I think it's pretty slow to start. But I fucking, really? I got chills when Batman returned. And I was just like, oh, shit. Like, my body just, like, turned on all of a sudden. And I was like, <laughs> what the? I was like, oh, my God. I, I remember yeah. why I like this movie. <laughs> Really yeah, good. I think that scene is so well directed. Mark, you go ahead. Uh, the start, the stock market scene, I think, is really, really good. Um, I don't know why. I just, I really love that scene. Um, I also love that it's like um, all of Bane's men are wearing working class clothes, and they, and they just like turn on all the stock, the the stock people, and it's like. What, this is this is saying something, maybe. Well, I don't know. We're going to get into that because I don't think the movie's saying nearly as much as it wants to. Um, but I do want to mention, like, yeah, I think Batman coming back is really exciting because you're like, oh, Bat- like that's why I came here. Like, uh, Batman's back. It takes a, it takes a good <laughs> yeah. amount of time for him to come back. So when it actually happens, you're like, oh, shit, he's back. 
Yeah, the buildup is worth it because he's on the motorcycle and he's grabbing dudes. I, it's a little cheesy, but the police officer like shoots his gun and Batman just turns to him and he goes, <laughs> "Oh, sorry," and like runs away. Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. Um, um, but yeah, I actually like if we want to go into the stock market thing now because I have a lot of issues with the stock market and and the other stuff they have going on in that. Yeah, go ahead. Get into it, baby. First of all, the first major thing is, so Bane's plan here is he's going to the stock market and he's got Bruce Wayne's fingerprints and he uses the fingerprints to like authorize a whole bunch of high stakes trades in Bruce Wayne's name so that he loses all of his money in the stock market overnight. Um, which is... So that and, and, uh, Ben Mendelsohn can take over. His yeah, company, so Ben Mendelsohn... what Bane's being paid to do. Can... Yeah, so Ben Mendelsohn can become the owner of Wayne Enterprises. Uh, the problem I have is, first off, that there is an active shootout at the stock market. Bane does some fucky stuff. There's a hundred witnesses, and somehow all of these trades still go through. Yeah. And bankrupt. Like, no one is like, oh, Bruce Wayne just made uh, billions of dollars worth of bad stock trades. Like, that, and, and there was at the Gotham stock trade, there was a, a terrorist attack. Eh, probably not connected. Take all his money. Um, like, as soon as like something like that happens, the stocks get closed. You can't trade anything. Yeah. So uh, that goes through, which is bananas to me. Um, what was the other thing? It was, yeah. Oh, and Lucius has a line later where he says, "We can try and prove fraud, but until then, that you're you're fucked." And I'm like, "That's that can't be right." <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's my one like narrative issue is it's just so like I feel like there are better ways to to rob Bruce Wayne of all of his money than than this crazy stock trade terrorist attack. Um. So the more deep, the deeper issue I have with this movie is that it tries to get into this sort of class issue. And Mark is right. All, all of the bad guys are wearing working class clothes um, until, and then they start pulling out guns. Uh, and Bane has this whole speech where he's like, I'm giving Gotham back to the people. Like no more oppression. The ruling class is dead. You can rip them from their homes and, and take all, and it's all belongs to you. Um, which we know at that point in the movie, he's lying. Like he doesn't give a shit. He just wants Gotham to burn. And he sees the best way to do that is I guess to let poor people terrorize rich people and, then blow it up. Uh, and let all the <laughs> criminals out of jail because all the criminals on Blackgate are 100% um, violent, obviously. Yes. Are, they're pure evil, <laughs> violent criminals in Blackgate. Um, Shanissel says, Bane said ACAB and wore a mask in public before everyone else should we have listened to him <laughs> see that's Absolutely. that's what i want to get into because this movie essentially takes it takes like a real issue that's obviously more relevant today than it was in like 2011 when this came out um uh, this was around occupy wall street which is partially what they're referencing um and so it's just weird that they have to have this character who's like pure evil enabling this thing for a reasonable issue right he's co-opting like a real world thing that is an actual problem and he's like but also i talk like this and i have a nuclear bomb <laughs> that will blow up gotham and everyone yeah. who's poor is a violent criminal in this world so go get him eat him up 
It's um, so stupid. It's so that's bad. that's kind of my issue is they this could have been very nuanced. Bane could have been very nuanced and and the story could have had like something to say about class disparity because um, Catwoman even mentions it. She says there's a storm coming and you're going to wonder how you lived so large with it leaving so little for the, like that's a story. Um, but they abandoned that to be like Bane's going to blow up city with big bomb. So it, it, ignore the rest of it. Yeah. It's just a, it's a cool situational thing. It's a cool situational, I guess, but it definitely would have been cooler if you actually expanded on these clear issues that you've brought up throughout the movie. But instead, you just like just make his argument like it's just a bad argument because it's like let's give the city back by eventually blowing it up. So it's it's heavily inspired by a tale of two cities, um, which gets quoted at the end of the movie. Um, but like it, it, it really drops that like halfway through the movie. It's like, yeah, it, it's, we're doing a tale of two cities, but in Gotham, you know, mm. modernized. Um, and then like, <laughs> and then Bane's like, I have a nuke. And it's like, oh, <laughs> okay. Didn't have that in the tale of two cities. <laughs> um, great monorail says that's what happens with all comic books, which is fair. Um, especially nightfall, which I have read, um, Everyone leave an F in the chat because I read all of Nightfall. Jesus Christ. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like this movie is clearly goofier. It's more like these old school comic books. And I'm, I'm saying that like maybe it should be less like a comic in that way. We don't need a nuke uh, to, to have stakes here. Um, new issues turn into nuclear bombs that need to be diffused. Yes, that's that's basically what we're saying. Great Monorail is like. Uh, we could have had a discussion here, but instead, Batman has to punch Bane in the face harder than Bane punches Batman in the face. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, speaking of Batman v. Bane, um, well, maybe we should just talk about Bane in general, but uh, all of Bane's henchmen yes, are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's made, it's made very clear in the beginning of the movie. They bring Commissioner Gordon to Bane, and Bane's like, why the fuck did you do this? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, because he's the police commissioner. It's like, what? What am I gonna do with this one guy? I have to kill him now. <laughs> Why didn't you just kill him before bringing him to me? And then he escapes, and he knows about them. And and Bane is literally like, you guys are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make a quick point, if I may. Um, that this is actually a very nice parallel here. This is Christopher Nolan doing some parallel storytelling. Let me set this up. At the beginning of the movie, CIA operative leans Bane's henchman out of the plane door and he's got the gun and he's like, oh, we're going to throw you out the plane. And then Bane has his famous line. He goes, perhaps he's wondering why you would shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane, which is a funny line. And it makes sense because they're, but here's the thing. Uh, they push Commissioner Gordon into the rapids and then try to shoot him, and they all miss. Um, <laughs> Actually, they, do so they they hit his legs or they hit something because he has to go to the hospital, but he lives. So here's the Bane should have learned his fucking lesson here: shoot him and then throw him into well, the he sewers. Didn't throw, he didn't throw him in though, baby. He rolled in. He combat rolled into that sewer. Yeah. He almost kind of rolled himself if you watch that scene closely, but no, um, that's what he does. He's like, "Oh, they're they're arguing about how they shouldn't have brought me here. I'm gonna just yeah." Roll he just out roll. Here. He rolls out of there. 
Okay, it wasn't super clear to me then, but I still think that stands. You shoot the guy and then throw him. Nothing in this movie is clear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, like, I, this was the, like my fifth or third time watching this movie. I don't know which. Um, and <laughs> like, it was so hard to keep up with everything. <laughs> I think I understand this movie now more than I ever did before watching it this time. And I, I watched it half asleep. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it's like overly complicated, I think at times and hard to keep mm-hmm. up with. Absolutely. Um, uh, but, uh, Batman looks go- real goofy. I want to say, that's just how I have yeah. something written here. Um, that, okay. But that first Bane versus Batman fight is great. It's really good. Yeah. With no, um, with no the music. One the no yeah. music. It's it's Batman like trying to take him out like he would take out any other thug, and it's just like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I'm kidding. That's my game quote. Yep. I, I can do a better one, but I've short notice. Uh, <laughs> Not the prep. And it, it's like it's no no prep time. I have to I have to do this, and then I have to I have to do the voice. I have to say. Oh, what a lovely voice. What a lovely voice. <laughs> what a lovely, lovely voice. Yeah, that's my favorite line in the movie, actually. Line. Lovely, lovely voice. <laughs> Such a good line. <laughs> oh, my God. It's probably the goofiest line in the whole movie, which is, I think, why I love it, because they clearly didn't give a shit. First lines I wrote down was, what a lovely, lovely voice. That's so good. Because he does have a <laughs> lovely voice, and now I can relate to Bane a little bit more. Yeah. Did they butcher the back break or did they do it justice <laughs> oh is this a question for me yeah yes <laughs> okay um so it's different and so in nightfall bane is essentially brought in as a character in dark knight rises which i think works a little bit better is bane is meant to be batman's physical match whereas like he bane does outsmart batman at certain points but the real reason bane can win is because he can just hit harder than batman he fights better in the comics bane is sort of smarter and definitely way stronger and so in the comics bane figures out who bruce wayne is um i think it's a stupid reason too but he figures it out and so he just shows up at wayne manor one night and he's like oh hey i figured out who you are and now i'm gonna break you in half because i had a dream about a bat that scared me one time which is true um that's literally Bane's motivation in Nightfall, the original comic, is um, yeah. The Nightfall backbreak might have been a little ridiculous, Cam the Third, but and the the motivation in the original Nightfall comic is Bane grows up in a prison, and one night he has a dream uh, about this really beefy giant man, and he's like, "Hey, little kid, you can be big and strong like me if you work real hard." And he's like, "Okay, I'll be big and strong." <laughs> and then he has. It's either in the same dream or a separate dream. He dreams about a big, scary bat monster. And it's like, oh, I'm going to eat you up. And the strong man's like, if you become strong like me, you can beat up that bat instead of getting eaten by it. And so Bane's like, okay, that's my thing now. <laughs> that's uh, and so in very good character development. When Bane finally, yeah, when Bane finally escapes prison, he is like, uh, he meets a guy from Gotham in prison and he's like, who who owns Gotham? And the guy's like, uh, what do you mean? Like the pres- the mayor or whatever? He's like, no, no, who really owns Gotham? He's like, I guess I guess the Batman. And he's like, oh, Bat, 
And so he's like, I'm going to go to Gotham and I'm going to break the Batman. I'm going to tear him down and I'm going to be the new owner of Gotham. And so that's what he does. He shows up at Wayne Manor. They fight and he lifts Batman over his head and just breaks his spine over his knee. The movie does it more realistically, but the comic is definitely more brutal about it. I would say comics a little bit more impactful, but the movie makes sense for what they were doing. It's a little fast, but I get it. Yeah. That's my very long answer. That's like the only thing I knew about about Bane going into the movie was like apparently he breaks Batman's back in the comics. Yes, and Batman has to, he's in a wheelchair for a very long time and he has to find a magic spine doctor to fix his spine. <laughs> yes, should have been in the movie. Batman Should've has to hire Batman has to hire a temp Batman named Azriel who has knife fingers and loves to kill people. And Robin is like, Batman, why did you choose this murder knife finger man as your replacement? And he's like, Robin, don't worry about it. I got to go to Jamaica to get my back fixed. <laughs> why was this not oh in the my movie? God. Why was this not in the movie? It's because, because in the movie, he just gets punched in the back and it's fixed. <laughs> Yeah, in the movie, he gets punched in the back and then he does push-ups until he's better. <laughs> um, Which cares everything. Nightfall is th- over, is several thousand pages long. Um, so that's probably why a lot of this wasn't in the movie. <laughs> um, did anyone else... Why did... Maybe it was my headphones this time or something, but Bane's voice sounded much louder than like everything else in the movie. I was going to say... Um, my, I was listening through my TV speakers and Bane's voice is definitively much louder than everything else, Yeah, which I think they like had to fit. Like, apparently they had to fix that at some point. Like it was too quiet. So maybe they just bumped it up too much because it was much. Well, I think like, what I, happened because when the movie came out <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> they, they, they had test screenings or and early screenings or like early screenings of like a trailer or something. And literally every single person said was. Yeah. Like, I can't understand a single thing Bane is saying. So I think either they re... They redubbed everything he said, or they remixed it. Um, But, like, yeah, it's very clear that Bane's voice... It's it's layered over top of everything, even the music. And it's it's much louder than everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the official thing was that the trailer came out. Everyone's like, we can't fucking understand what Bane is saying in this trailer at all. And I think the idea Christopher Nolan almost wanted him to be unintelligible as like a character choice. He thought that would make Bane scarier in a way to be like, he's just sort of growling at you. But everyone was like, no, but we want to know what he's saying. (laughs) So he was like, okay, if we make him, if we make him louder and subdue the like grindiness of it a little bit, then you can hear everything. And so I think that was just their quick fix to, to get everyone to understand. Yeah. I mean, it just so obviously sounds dubbed at some points because it's so loud. I'm just like, Oh yeah. I'm almost certain it was dubbed. I can't imagine Tom Hardy was very clear in that fucking tight face mask. (laughs) And sometimes it's very clear that it's dubbed because it like Bane's actions don't match his voice sometimes, and it's yeah, like kind of off. And it's I I almost wish that they just like nagled a mic into his mask. That way, it was it looked a little more natural. But I I don't know what they could have done. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe just made a more natural mask or something. Because, like, Bane in the comics just wears a luchador mask. So, obviously, <laughs> they couldn't do that. Um, but, I don't know, something to... Because I think he generally does a good job. His eyes are very expressive, but there are very clear moments in the movie where he's saying something and his body movements do not match what yeah. he's saying. Yeah, and, like, I don't think Tom Hardy even did a bad job, you know, with what he was given, even though his voice is kind of ridiculous. Um... But the writing in this movie clearly had a lot of punching up, which is another thing I want to talk yeah. about, where there are so many more jokes in this movie than there are in oh, The yeah. Dark Knight, which seem feels like it cheapens it a little bit. And there is a reason for this. It's because uh, the only movie that David Goyer was not a co-writer on was The Dark Knight, apparently. Um, David Goyer was like really instrumental for the stories of all these movies, and... Um, <clears throat> He apparently was not able to help write The Dark Knight, so he just sent a treatment being like, if I were to do a Batman Joker story, like this is the kind of story I would tell. And then it was just Christopher and Jonathan Nolan who wrote Dark Knight. And then they brought Goyer back for this third one, and all the quippiness from like Batman Begins came back. Oh, so, so that's so. what that feels like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That thing, the, you know... I forget. There's a scene where one of the cops is like, I got to get me one of those or something like that. Maybe that was Batman oh, Begins, but there's there's a lot of that kind of humor. Um, that's something I wanted to talk about, too, because there's there's a cop um, when Batman comes back in this movie that is the same cop from Batman Begins who said, oh, we're following him and he's in a tank and it's the same guy and he's in a he's in oh. a cop car with a different cop and the cop goes, what is that? Who, who was that? And he goes, oh, man, you're in for a hell of a ride tonight. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm like, it's the same cop. Wow, character development. Uh, what an arc. Well, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I played incredulous cop number one in Batman Begins and Dark Knight That's Rises. quips. No big deal. <laughs> Jeez, BB is a real Batman of himself. Such a good Robert Pattinson Batman impression you're doing with this detective work here baby oh yeah yeah that's uh another thing i wanted to mention is like batman's not a detective in this movie at all <laughs> which is uh. one of the things that i love about the dark knight like and like he's not a great detective in the dark knight no, but not at all. he does detective. <laughs> he is detecting at some points this time he's not some point this point not a single moment of the like he got the identity identity of of people wrong in this movie. If yeah. anything, yeah. he did bad detective. Work. I know everyone. He went backwards. <laughs> Everyone's like pissed at like obviously Alfred's like arc in this movie is like super weird. But honestly, Alfred's pretty. It's weak. pretty fucking right to be honest. Like maybe he should have just hung it up. <laughs> like every time he was bad, like the I feel like there's only one real successful time he was he went out as Batman. Like the first time he went out as Batman in this movie, like you could definitely I could see Alfred's argument. Like all he did was like fucking distract the cops, and then like Batman didn't end up succeeding in anything, and it was just like a show almost. Um, I love the Batcave in this. Uh, it is, it is very is cool. Really, it's very, very excellent. Um, I, like, but also, when when did he do this? Like, because at uh, the end of the Dark Knight, he retires. 
He's just having Well, fun. I'll tell you what I think. I think because as we all recall, at the end of Batman Begins, Wayne Manor burns to the ground. Um, and he says, we're going to rebuild it brick by brick uh, until it's exactly the same as it was before, which they do because they just use the same set. <laughs> um, so there's a chance that maybe the Batcave was not destroyed in that fire because it was underground. Um, otherwise, like it's been eight years. Maybe he just wanted like, I don't know. I upgraded my computer recently. Maybe he also wanted to because he was <laughs> sitting inside all the time. It's like his man cave now. It's where he hangs out in yeah. his dank, uh, watery bat cave. Literal man cave. It is cool at the very end when uh, when Robin like lifts up on that platform in there. I thought that was a cool way to end. <laughs> yeah, a nice little visual metaphor. Yeah. The ending is really good. <laughs> This movie has a great ending. Yeah, I actually, I was going to say, I really like the sort of closing of this movie where we get, you know, they erect the statue to Batman uh, and we slowly get like these realization that he's not really gone. Um, I love that, you know, we bring back the, the French cafe thing, which is a little like, I think was a little too obviously te- telegraphed, but it was further back enough in the movie that you kind it's of Italian forget about cafe, it. BB, by the way, um, so. Oh, I'm sorry. Italian. Ita- Italian. Um, but yeah, I'm, I love the se- shot where Commissioner Gordon's on the roof of the Gotham PD and he looks over and the bat signals back and I'm like, yeah, like he's so genuinely happy to see it. He's like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. And he rubs it yeah, and he's like, co- oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about it. He had to smash it at the end of Dark Knight. Like, you know, and now it's back and he didn't even have to yeah. pay for it. I assume. <laughs> no, that's actually after that scene ends, his phone buzzes and he sees like a Venmo request from Batman. <laughs> it's like, you have to pay for this new light. I'm not paying for it. <laughs> what else do I want to talk about? What, let's talk about, um, what's her name? The, the girl, the bat, the twist in the movie. Yeah, Tally, the twist. Oh, Talia Al Ghul. Well, be, before, well, here's the thing. Like, I, during when this movie came out, I was very much in the speculative space of movies. Like, this was around the same time uh, the Avengers was coming out. So, like, everybody was like speculating about what was going to happen in Avengers. So everybody was talking about this movie, and like everybody was like, "Oh, Talia Al Ghul is gonna be in this movie." We know that like we basically have figured that out um so it was for me it was never like a reveal it was always like oh yeah that's talia right there yeah yeah Yeah, the first time i saw it i don't think i saw it coming um just because i didn't think they were gonna actually you know i think once they started introducing rachel ghoul or raz (laughs) al ghoul as they call him in this movie um they uh, they sort of play their hand a little bit where I'm like, okay, so Tally is probably involved. Like, she's such a major character in, like, every Batman arc. Uh, not every arc, but most of them. And, uh, yeah, I, it, that made sense to me. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't have much to say about her character because she's not involved very much. Like, they kind of just bang, and then she just runs around for the rest of the movie. <laughs> Every time, have you guys seen the college humor Batman sketch? 
Oh, of course. Oh, like of course. every single time now. Like when I saw that moment, all I could think of was was that sketch <laughs> where we're just like your penis was or my yep. penis was in your mouth <laughs> and it's just like uh, <laughs> it's just <laughs> we did we it we totally did it <laughs> like and not in the order you would expect <laughs> oh my god I just can't not think that's about it. so good but i also think like I don't know her. Dude, yeah. Like I thought Bane had a cool backstory, but then Bane's backstory just shifts to Talia, and it's just like, oh, okay. Now Bane just like I guess he still has backstory, but um, he was yeah. just like a guy. Ultimately, <laughs> he was just like a guy who liked Talia in the prison. <laughs> so I was like, well, at least the one, uh, at least which the one is something I think is he has a really cool backstory, and then it's like, oh no, that's actually Talia's backstory. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, it, <laughs> but like here's the thing i loved the idea that like bane is so extreme that like he wasn't even like accepted into the league of shadows like yeah, yeah. the league of shadows yeah. wanted to destroy gotham and they looked at bane and was like okay you took it too far <laughs> <laughs> didn't but didn't they say that wasn't the case at the end of the movie talia says like his only crime was loving me exactly and where'd, where'd Alfred get his info from? Alfred clearly got his info from an awful source. Probably like BuzzFeed or Fake something. Fake news. BuzzFeed or some bad source. <laughs> BuzzFeed's reporting <laughs> on like a league that no one knows exists. <laughs> yeah, I don't know because that is what we get. We The bit of information is like he was banned from the League of Shadows. But then by the end, it's like, yeah. no, what the fuck? He was not. What are you talking about? No, he was. He was literally just a guy. <laughs> that was his whole thing. He was just a strong guy. He was not like Russell Gould loved uh, Bane. He didn't. He didn't ban him. Why the fuck? <laughs> well, he didn't love Bane. He just like didn't like that Bane was hitting on his daughter. Oh. I think. Very underage as well. He re- he apparently yeah. reminded yeah. Rage of the death of his wife, which like is weird because Rage left her there to be put in the pit like yeah that's his he, was, he didn't see that <laughs> going back to buzzfeed i like to imagine a video that's like the try guys try joining the league of shadows <laughs> you have like well, this Bane the part where like out from this the, thing so i don't know how we can yeah <laughs> yeah like how are we gonna do and then they get to the end of the the training and they like hand them the sword and they're like you must now execute <laughs> this man and they're like oh i don't know <laughs> You do it first. And one of them just does it. <laughs> or they have to take the uh, the flower that makes them see their worst fear, and they're all, like, freaking out over, like, dumb shit. I mean, there's still... I guess I should... I've been, I've been mostly complaining, so I guess just... I really like the, the pit. Like, I think the pit's prison is fucking the yeah. strongest part of this movie. I've always loved that part. Always gives me chills. Love that the whole realization is like, oh, you're not supposed to wear the fucking rope. It kind of comes back full circle of like uh, Bruce falling down the well in the first, in the very first movie, and now he's sort of in an even yeah. bigger well. Um, I think that's my favorite part. But yeah, I. The rope represents his fear of falling. Yeah. And yep. once he denies the rope, he's able to get out. He's able to make the jump. I think yeah. that's genius. Yeah, or rather, he has to feel fear in order to make the jump because he knows he can fall if he has the rope. Where it's like, if he doesn't have it, all right, well, this is it. I jump yep. now or I die. Um, 
Yeah, I think that's really great. Like the sort of spirit of Batman, like never giving up that kind of thing uh, really translates well there. Um, I also want to say, oh, go ahead. Uh, and he comes back and Bane's like, I didn't expect you to be able to get out. And it's like, yeah. really? <laughs> it's because Bane himself yeah. didn't even well, get out. I mean, Bane is just like, what the fuck? Yeah, I was going to say, like, it's something Bane couldn't do. So, like, he wouldn't have expected anyone else to do it. I, I have here oh, <laughs> the camera clicker lol. <laughs> so when Bruce Wayne comes comes out of hiding, all the paparazzi <laughs> is there. Oh, and yeah, he just that's hilarious. All the cameras <laughs> yeah. like, oh, that's freaking amazing. Yeah, it's very Batman. Um, I want to say the uh, the score in this movie is super good. Uh, they they obviously borrow like the main theme from the Dark Knight, but I I think the score is really really good when it's there. I also love the um, the the last fight with Bane I think is really well choreographed and the way they are able to frame everything with all this chaos going in the, on in the background, like all of these extras going ham on each other. Um, they frame the fight so well between uh, Batman and Bane and how yeah. like brutal it is. So I, I think that scene like got me really hype. I really enjoyed yeah, that. that. Scene. I, yeah. The, the score is great too. And just like the, the, the chance to like dash, dash, pass it. Like, those chances are great. Yeah. Basa, I love basa, the Yeah. Oh, what does it mean? It means rise. And you're That's like, oh, the they said it. <laughs> I like how he's been there for, for like four and a half months. And only now he's asking, what does that mean? Yeah. They've been chanting it the entire it's, time. It, that's very realistic to me. I feel like that's something I would do. I'd just be like, oh, yeah, I should probably like figure out what the, they're fucking saying, I guess. <laughs> you know you know what would happen with me is I would like be in the prison and everyone would be like, Deshe, Deshe, like so confident. And I would sort of join in and be like, yeah, Deshe, Deshe, and then I'd get to a point where I was like too afraid to ask. Cause I, they'd be like, you've been chanting it the whole time. You don't even know what you're saying. Obviously Deshe, like, yeah, that's what I'd say. You know, like it's good. I, I, yeah, I'd have to play it off. Like, yeah, I know what that means guys. I'm, I'm going to climb out of here real quick. And like, of course they know what it means. We all say it. We all love to say it is the thing is we all love to say it, me especially. And when I leave this pit, you're all going to leave. I'm going to leave and you'll have the knowledge that I knew what I was saying. And that's, you know, that's what's really important. Um, I also really like the way Bane like kills the um, nuclear scientist guy who <laughs> how he like it makes him explain like <laughs> and uh who, can anyone fucking uh fix this or make it so it's not nuclear anymore it's just like just me he's like okay and <laughs> just fucking kills him but that was pretty <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, that, that's something i noticed on this viewing is um the way bane chooses to kill people is always mm -hmm. physical he always He's always putting his body on someone yeah. to kill them. He never, I think maybe once he shoots a gun at his own guy for some reason. Yeah, it's to go follow Gordon. Go follow Gordon. I think that's oh, the yeah. only time he touches the gun. Yeah. Um, but every other time he kills someone, he kills them with his hand. Yeah, yeah. or um, even just his fighting style. He's about to shoot Batman in the face with a shotgun at the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I <laughs> um yeah no i love in that final fight too when he's going at batman and there's a dude in his way and he just like throws the guy out of the way like he's yeah. nothing yeah um, i love that part yeah <laughs> that's great um i think one of the only things that i have here that we haven't gone over is 
Uh, Mendelssohn is great. That's all. It, that's all it says. Um, I love Ben Mendelssohn. I love him. He's great. He's Pacific Rim guy, right? Uh, no. No. That's the other guy. Wait, which one is Ben Mendelssohn? Uh, ben Mendelssohn. Ben Mendelssohn is the guy from Rogue One. Ah, oh, Daggett. Yes. Daggett. Yeah. Daggett. Um. I love how un- unabashedly evil he is in this movie. <laughs> He's like, I want to take over Wayne Enterprises. Oh, yeah. I actually think he's in the best Bane scene in this movie. I think the best Bane scene by far. Yes, it like he's like, I, I'm in control here. I paid you a small fortune. And he just puts his hand on his shoulder and suddenly like the whole power dynamic. And that's like where the nuance I think we could have had falls apart because this is like a statement like, he he's rich so like he should be in control and the reality is like yeah but i could just snap your neck and it's suddenly like oh wait money literally means nothing when there's bane here in front of me and he could break me like just a destroy twig me. i love that line where he's like i i paid a small fortune for this and he goes and that gives you power over me because it's just such like a, a genuine real thing like yeah th- and that's where the nuance could have come from is like um, just this idea of like we perceive the money gives them power and and the rich people just have it and other people don't but what happens when the people who don't have money say fuck it and, and just go after yeah. the rich people uh, and so that's that's a more interesting story than I'm just gonna trick all these people into ruining their city and then blow <laughs> them up with a nuke good old nukes Oh, here's something that I, I we haven't talked about yet. So, um, the first time I saw this movie, and th- this, I guess this is important. It's not really important, but um, the Dark Knight, the the, the Dark Knight, the the, pre- the one before this was the Prequel, first movie yes. I ever saw. <laughs> the the first one, the first movie I ever saw in IMAX, um, ever. Um, I saw it in in the Dome Theater uh, at the uh, the Space Museum on Long Island. Oh, um, and wow. it was it was the best movie going experience of my life. Um, so of course I saw this movie in IMAX in a famous IMAX theater in New York City. Um, and at the end of this movie, um, uh, <laughs> this is embarrassing. Uh, I cried at the end of this movie the first time I saw it. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. We were in like what, like tenth grade or something. I think I was seventeen or yeah. sixteen. Uh, yeah. Uh, and yeah. I, was, I mean, yeah. like we were saying, we this this movie has a great ending, so I don't blame oh, you yeah. at all. No, just. I, I, I was crying, and my dad was like, "Why are you crying?" And I was like, "I thought Batman was dead." <laughs> but he's there. He's still alive. He's still alive. He did it. Alive. He no, did it. Just, that, the ending with like the score and I don't know the whole score at the end just like it just evokes like emotions automatically like it's so mm-hmm. it's it's a great ending. The part that got me this time on this watch through that I I got choked up on was when Alfred um he turns to to his uh, Bruce's parents' graves and he goes I failed you yeah. and yeah, I was yeah. like oh yeah. wow yeah yeah that's so sad which is crazy because that's the first time we see Alfred. Uh, yeah. from when he leaves like he's not in it at all that's crazy uh, Ruth Wayne leaves him all of his money too yeah which is yep <laughs> which is great Camp the Third says when he gave Gordon his final goodbye it was emotional I agree that 
I think like on one of my viewings, that was a part oh, where yeah. I like teared up yeah, a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Putting, putting a jacket on a, mm-hmm. a, a, a scared boy's shoulders yeah. to make him yeah, know yeah. that uh, the world isn't yeah. so terrible. Like, At the end of the day, it's Batman, and we love Batman. I mean, <laughs> I don't have to tell you how much I love Batman. Everyone who knows me fucking knows I love Batman. So even when it's a movie that's so complicated and like not as well loved as the others at the end of the day is still right, now the question is the question is before we end this podcast because dark knight's clearly the best of the trilogy but batman begins versus dark knight rises where are you guys on that yeah i'm i'm all in on batman begins yeah i i think it's i don't know i'd have to watch batman begins again um i i think it's batman begins because the scarecrow is great Scarecrow is one of my favorite villains, um, and Rachel Ghoul as well. Great yeah. villain, and it's got yeah. Liam Neeson. It's Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson is in this yeah. movie for two seconds. Yeah, for two oh, yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah, he's in this movie too. Yeah, I'm, um, also, I'm also team Batman Begins. I will say that, like, what this, what I think ultimately becomes a big issue with this movie is it has to try and recreate the very serious, realistic nature of Dark Knight but also tries to reintroduce some of the like more comic booky and humorous elements of Batman Begins, and they just don't mesh as well together. So Batman Begins works better because it's more committed to being more of a comic book movie, um, and then Dark Knight elevates it uh, based off of that foundation, and so the it's, it's two great flavors that don't necessarily taste great together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I also noticed uh, Batman is seen a lot during the day and in bright light yes. in this movie and i have a note here batman looks really goofy <laughs> uh, looks better at night yeah he looks way better at night uh <laughs> totally definitely with with the dark knight costume um yeah. like it, it looks better at night i also noticed that the statue at the end of this movie is it's the batman begins suit is the statue it's not oh yeah it has the connected neck oh wow uh, well the statue doesn't yeah. have to turn its head so Details. not a problem no, no that's true also what a it's a, not a great statue <laughs> no it wasn't it wasn't a <laughs> could have done better. It, it, yeah they they could have had a more heroic pose i think than batman looking gloomingly down at nothing <laughs> i like did, to imagine it's like emo. an an after credit scene where like Bruce and Selena like covertly go back to Gotham. They're kind of like in disguises and they're like, Oh Bruce, I heard they put up a statue. You, he goes and he's like, Oh, is that what they think I look like? (laughs) (laughs) And then it cuts to black and that's it. That would be such, that would be such a Marvel move. I could see it at the, Oh, absolutely. That would be a Marvel at the end of the Marvel movie. That would happen. (laughs) We do have to be thankful. This movie was out before like Marvel pandemonium really took hold. Oh yeah. This movie would have been much different. Oh yeah. Uh, is this better movie better than, uh, birds of prey? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's that's always well, what we have to compare it to now, honestly. I know, and right? Honestly, this movie didn't have as much love for egg sandwiches as I wanted it to. Yeah. So I got to go with Birds of Prey. Yeah. I'll tell you what, for a movie that rests so much of its plot on class inequality, Birds of Prey mer- mentions Bernie Sanders significantly more <laughs> than this one. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. Well, well uh, that, that's it. That's, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah. 
Might as well sign off. I, I think guess, that's though. all anyone could possibly have. <laughs> throw your notes in the air, baby. Yeah, throw throw them in the trash. You don't need them anymore. <laughs> you never have to watch this movie again, Mark. We've finally done it. We've absolved you. Wow, that's such a weight off my shoulders. Mark's finally going to find the cure for cancer now that he doesn't have to watch The Dark Knight Rises anymore. <laughs> now, does, does this make up for not having me on the on the spot? Scott Pilgrim podcast. Probably, probably not. By based off what you're saying about Scott Pilgrim earlier on the pod, probably not. Honestly, <laughs> we we did a second Scott Pilgrim podcast at this point. Yeah. Oh God, Edgar Wright, just make the sequel. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh God, no, I don't want a sequel. I don't want it. No, no one does. Don't make a sequel, Edgar Wright. I was I was joking. Just remake it. It uh, needs a remake. <laughs> yeah. It needs it needs a get get the game back on PlayStation. It needs an Edgar Wright cut. Where's the where's the right cut? Where's the right cut? It is the right cut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I think that's what we got to do right now. What we got to do with all movies now is just demand cuts from the director <laughs> whether or not they were involved with the rest. This movie was good, but I bet it could have been better. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, honestly yeah. I want the David Ayer cut of Suicide Squad. No, you don't. Mark, don't do that. Please. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, um, John, could you imagine we'd have to do a whole nother prediction segment uh, for that? Like, we'd have to watch, like, a nine-hour cut of Suicide Squad. Oh, no. oh my God. Uh, I would quit the pod. I would quit the podcast. The Joker of Jared Leto's Joker. All right, that's it. We're ending it. We're ending it. David Ayer, do not listen to this podcast, I swear to God. Until, until next time, stay big, you beautiful boys and girls. <laughs>